The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. We recommend watching the movie beforehand, but hey, that isn't your bag? No worries. You do you. Brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash matineemanities. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation, because we like to pay it forward by giving back. Enjoy the show. Broadcasting to you 
not live from uh, a Corona bunker. <laughs> that's that's. I'm gonna go ahead and date the episode. That's where we're recording this. When <laughs> all that's going on. <laughs> so, so how are you guys doing? <laughs> Hopefully you're all staying safe and not going outdoors and being dumbasses and thinking that this is a hoax because Jesus Christ is not a hoax. Yeah, or if you are going outdoors somewhere where there aren't other people, yeah, <laughs> if you're Lucky enough to live in some place where you're not confined with a bunch of other people. You know, the trees can't catch it, but, but still, I don't think they can. Hopefully not. It's it's a novel virus. We don't know how it works. Yeah. What, what happened? Probably happened? can infect trees and grasses. Haven't some animals been infected? Did I hear that right? I mean, hopefully we won't have to get infected. Yeah, I think like tigers in the zoo or something got it. It's weird. Jeez. I don't even know. But anyway, on that note, we've uh, we've lost a lot of patrons this month. Oh. I get it. Yeah. Priorities are priorities, and we'll still be here uh, uh, when this is over. I've, I've decided I'm not gonna, you know, stop putting them out or anything. Worst comes to worst, if we lose like all our sponsors, uh, it will just lose its charity component for a while. But, but, don't worry, uh, take care of yourselves first, and if you want to come back later, it's much appreciated. Uh, and to those of you who, who, who are sticking around, uh, thank you so much. You are, um, you are keeping us afloat. Uh, that and our, our, our prodigious blubber. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you for, for sticking out with us, and, uh, we will keep on delivering this, this content that, that everyone so craves. <laughs> Blanket forgiveness to everyone who never owned us in the first place. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it's yeah, this is this is a weird time when 
What was it like? 16 million yeah, unemployment applications went in in like the last couple weeks. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's gonna crash the system completely for a while. So, you know, we totally understand if you don't have the money for it because you know it's obviously it's all voluntary and we appreciate the support but we just appreciate knowing you know if you're still listening that's pretty much all the support we need so yeah if you get like I'm getting sort of a, a quarantine insomnia if this is helpful, I want to keep it coming. We might be keeping all of the proceeds for a little while if we're not making anything past hosting. And if it gets real bad, I might have to start breaking up episodes uh, to get a lower tier of data per month. But probably that won't happen either. Like, don't worry about it. Hopefully uh, not. But, but if you are swimming cash for some reason, instead of helping out your local community, consider giving it to us. <laughs> <laughs> because we have fewer now. <laughs> so that's my helpful message. <laughs> But seriously, though, uh, you know, save whatever money you need to. Don't, don't feel like you have to give the money to us. Yeah. Um, this is, this is a, a voluntary guilt-free product. We give half the stuff that we get to charity anyway. It's not like we're hurting for it. Money is a human construct anyway, so we don't even believe in it. I take most of my payment when I can in uh, popcorn or uh, heads of lettuce. That sounds good. So if you have some of that extra, does it really? <laughs> well, I mean... Lettuce can be like a, a, an, another word for money, so, right? So, I, I see what you're doing there. Can be slang. Yeah, that's the word, slang. Slang, slang, I wanted to call it a euphemism, but I knew that was the wrong word. I think it actually works grammatically. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, I uh, hope everyone's staying safe. Uh, we love you and we're not offended um, if you had to, to prioritize. Yep. These couple months, but we're gonna stick around 
because that's the closest I'm ever gonna get to doing anything uh, uh, principled. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, and because we love you so much, we're doing one of like three polls you've ever done. I should do this more often. Uh, but whenever I pull them out, I keep wanting to make sure everyone has a chance to vote, so I'll leave her for like four months. <laughs> But in our sword and sorcery category, which I would be bringing up some manner it's really slow right now, but as I recall, we put up uh, Cone the Barbarian, Willow, uh, Sword and Sorcerer, and the Dragon Slayer, I think. I think that was it, yeah. <laughs> Glad we did that. Yep. Um, so the, the, the runaway winner was uh, Willow. So that's what we watched. And uh, I, I will Sam, what's your experience with this movie? Because I... I must have seen it, because I remember the sledding scene, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I remember two scenes from this movie that, I mean, they must have made a huge impact on me, so I must have seen this movie as a child, uh, or calf, uh, but... Yeah, like I remember the I remember the sledding scene and I remember the the horse the chariot chase sort of scene. Like distinctly remember those two scenes. So I definitely saw this movie as a as a as a very young manatee. Uh, as a boyity, as it were. But I haven't seen it since then. Thank you. And uh, I I will admit that I um, I kind of hate myself for doing this, but I actually caved and subscribed to Hulu and Disney Plus because it because Willow was on Disney Plus. And I was, I just really wanted to see it. So, and I wanted to, you know, eventually watch all of the things that are on Disney Plus and Hulu. Like, you know, I really want to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And you can't find it. It's like you can only find it on Hulu and that frustrates me. So, you know, that and like Archer and Bob's Burgers and a bunch of other stuff, you know, so I figured, you know, I'll just, I'll just 
drop the 13 bucks a month and I will uh, hate myself for it. But I'll also get to watch a lot of really good TV and good movies. So, yeah. That's a good time for it. Yeah. Is that a problem? Thanks. Yeah, I, like, I can't. I don't have money for it, though. Fair enough. But I'll sign up for the one thing, though. So, yeah, so I went ahead and got Disney Plus, and I went ahead and watched Willow through that, which, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad the patrons voted for this, I'll say that. It's definitely a movie. <laughs> it's kind of Ron Howard and George Lucas' version of The Hobbit, near as I can tell. I mean, the movie is basically Star Wars, but fantasy. So. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of just... Yeah, it's it's uh, George type story structure and all that. It's it's George Lucas, so you know. Yeah. So speaking of, um, well, so reasonably popular, uh, Willow, nineteen eighty-eight, has a fifty percent Rotten Tomato meter but a 79% audience appreciation score, so it's much more popular among laymen than critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7.3 on IMDb, and on Amazon.com, mm-hmm. it has 4.5 out of 5 stars. I feel like that's a bit low. For Amazon, <laughs> you know, like I would, have, I would have expected this to be more like four point seven five stars, four point eight stars, you know. Well, I didn't, I didn't get too granular. It might have been. Mm. I was just looking at the picture. Okay. Uh, not getting into the decibels or nothing. Hmm. Decimals, not decibels. <laughs> Same difference. Is it? No. <laughs> very, very Directed by Ron Howard, director of Apollo 13, Beautiful Mind, other, uh, very different than this movie. <laughs> Written by George Lucas, a famous uh, writer of uh, THX-1138 and American Graffiti. You might have heard of it. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was going to say he wrote L.A. Confidential, but I couldn't remember if that was American Graffiti, so... I'm glad you said it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's kind of obscure, but... Yeah. Decent writer. Yeah. Also, the screen was written by a guy named 
Bob Dolan, who wrote The Banger Sisters and Far and Away. I don't know either of those. Me neither. Hmm. Okay. Uh, starring Val Kilmer, Madame Manatee alum, <laughs> MVP at this point. Yes. From Batman Forever, Tombstone, Top Gun, etc. <laughs> nice. Also, uh, Joanne Wally, who reminds me of like a, like a, kind of like a Winona Ryder with red hair, but I don't recognize her from anywhere. She was in Edge of Darkness and The Man Who Knew Too Little. Um, but I haven't seen either of those. Nor have I. She's, uh, Sorsha. Yes. Sorsi. Sorsi. I think it's Sorsha. I could never it's remember. a Welsh name. I don't know. I, I kept thinking that they were trying to call her Sorcerer, which is, it's sort of appropriate because her mother is a queen and she's also a sorcerer, but she's a warrior princess sort of character, so that kind of threw me off a lot throughout the movie. Yeah, she never, she never does no sorcery. Yeah. Sure disappointed. I know. Uh, also starring Warwick Davis, Manning Anti alumni from Labyrinth. Yes. Um, he's also been in Harry Potter, Return of the Jedi, and all the Leprechaun movies. <laughs> Dude, uh, I did I didn't know until I actually looked it up, look up his, uh, his, like, IMDb page, that he was, like, he was, what was it, Wicket? Was that the Ewok's name? Like, he was, yeah, he was, like, the, yeah, I didn't realize that that was Warwick Davis when he was, like, 12. I also didn't realize Warwick Davis was as young as he was, because uh, he was like 17 when this movie was made, which threw me off a lot, like I thought he was in his mid-twenties or something, so. Yeah, when he still looks about the same age now, this movie's like... Yeah, I was 30 years old. I don't know, it's actually, it's surprising how it's like, he, he doesn't age, he doesn't age that much in 30 years. So, good for him. And he's also, he's the, he's the main character of a lot of crime movies, hard to recognize, but <laughs> he does all the voice work and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a bunch of people in Labyrinth, I think. He's in, like, the Goblin Squad. <laughs> um, he's several of the Goblins in Harry Potter, and one of the main professor ones who sticks around, I think. 
you know, just they, they put it in costume a lot. Yeah. Uh, starring Gene Marsh, uh, who was, I think, the evil queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been in Frenzy and The Changeling and Return to Oz. I've seen Return to Oz, but I don't remember her from it. Patricia uh, Hayes mm-hmm. as the, the the good witch lady who kind of takes over the whole movie at some point from <laughs> the main characters, who was in Never Ending Story, a fish called Wanda, and has been acting since 1942. A movie called Went the Day Well, which I've never seen, but she's she's an old timey professional. Yeah, she was like I think she was like 75 when she did this movie. So, and she's unfortunately passed on. But yeah. No, she she's been she was a character actor for decades before this. Yeah. Um, uh, has a brief guest appearance by Billy Barty. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's in UHF as the cameraman? Oh my god, he was. I forgot those movies that I loved. Yeah, he's the guy uh, with Fran Drescher. Oh, I forgot he was in that movie. (laughs) Billy Barty. Oh my god. I love that movie. Most of the people don't. I get it. <laughs> but <laughs> the movie's amazing. I don't know who people are talking about. They're all wrong. He's also in Masters of the Universe. He's in Legend. Which I probably should have also put on that poll if I forgot to. Uh, he played... Mickey Rooney's little brother. He was in sketches and TV since 1927. Jesus. He's also, I assume, gone now because yeah, he started acting in 1927. I, th- I think he died like about 10 or 15 years ago. So yeah, he's been gone for a while. Like him. Yeah. It's also got uh, Rick Overton as one of the the little brownie people Mm -hmm. from Groundhog Day and Beverly Hills Cop. And the other one was played by Kevin Pollock from Usual Suspects, A Few Good Men in the End of Days. We will speak of him no more because he has a competing podcast. <laughs> Wait, I thought we were the only. I thought we only had. We were the only one. Well, I have broken 
my fiction than <laughs> I don't have a way out of this one. Stick to continuity, damn it. I commit to the bit of madness. <laughs> our, our wiki is a mess. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I can figure this out. Here's a video podcast. We're an audio podcast. We are the only audio podcast. Huh? Okay. Let's just go with that. Well, we're also going to plug two or three other projects at the end of it, so I'm like, shit, dug a hole in this one. Okay. Anyway, he's a competitor. Um, we can endorse each other, but tells at the time, as we do, he's going to be referred to only as Brownie Number Two. <laughs> Uh, the budget for this movie is $35 million, gross $57 million. not great, apparently there wasn't a whole lot of draw for it, but it wasn't hmm. a bomb, anyway. I saw a different number. Did you? I saw it like $130 million. Hold on. $130 let me look again. Hold on, now I have to check. Because I thought I saw it said it made like $130 million, but I could be wrong. Let's double check. I could be wrong. Maybe it was 57 million domestic? Because Wikipedia says box office was 137.6 million. Oh shit? Yeah, maybe it was like a international hit? I, I don't know. Oh, we got one from IMDb. Uh, but I might have read the wrong, like, slot. Let me check real quick. Because we're doing this anyway. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah, it did, it did make 80 million internationally. So it made okay. 57 million domestic, 80 million international, so 137 million. Oh yeah, so IMDb's wrong because it has the gross USA and cumulative worldwide gross is the same number, which uh, can't be right. So, yeah. Okay. You're right, I'm wrong. No, I, I just... It just seemed like a very strange, like a huge, you know, difference between the two. That's what threw me off. 
No, that means it did much better than I thought it did, which is oh, good, because okay. yeah. I thought it deserved more than that. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention one of the cast members. Uh, made a very brief cameo as one of the other uh, Nelwyn warriors. Uh, Tony Cox is in this movie for like four seconds. Now, is he the guy who's in Bad Santa later? Yes, I believe so. Okay, because I recognized his face as the guy from Bad Santa, but I didn't know... Yeah. yeah. He was also in, uh, where I recognized him from was me, myself, and Irene. Uh, which was another Jim Carrey joint. Uh, involving multiple personalities. But yeah, he's he's in a whole bunch of movies. So that that's where I recognized him from. It's like he was in the movie for like four seconds and I thought, it's Tony Cox. <laughs> yeah, he was like the their best warrior or something. Uh, I think he was one of them. He was one of the people who accompanied um, Willow least in the initial part of his journey and then he left after a few after like a day so first things first I did not know this was Lucasfilm (laughs) it comes on I'm like whoa that makes sense it starts as all great movies do with white words on the screen describing the plot to us. Yeah. It also starts with the soundtrack written by James Horner. Right. He did... Was he also Jumanji? Yes, he was. the very last one we did? Yes, he was. Also... Uh, Joe Johnston was a producer on this film. Fun fact. (laughs) So many connections to Jumanji. It's like... It's a very small club of movies were unintentionally, uh, uh, dredging for stuff. It's weird. Creepy Hollywood was just very small in the 80s. I keep growing out movies from the 80s. Possibly. Oh, Jumanji was late 90s, huh? Never mind. I don't even know. Mid 90s. These these movies were only like six years apart, seven years apart. Oh, it's not that long. It's not that big of a distance. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So, very first scene. Baby jacked. (laughs) 
someone's having a baby, baby gets jacked, but she asks for it to get jacked because Queen's trying to kill them all because they're just not going to have a crop this year. Yeah, the, the, uh, whole, the whole story is that uh, there's um, some sort of not proclamation. What's the word I'm trying to think of? Prophecy. Prophecy, yes. That uh, there's going to be uh, a child's going to be born that's going to overthrow the evil queen whose name I can't remember. Was um, Miss Marshall? Yeah. Um, and something weird like Bad Morgan or something? Yeah, it was weird. It's like, her name has, it's like, it's like, I don't even know what it is, but it was a strange name. So, she decides, uh, to just round up all the pregnant mothers in the entire land and if they have a girl to just kill them basically so yeah which then they they don't do later on because apparently they're 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 killing all the kids but then they're also looking for tattoos they can do an elaborate ritual yeah I guess... I'll get it. Yeah, the whole... I guess her whole idea was that she doesn't want to necessarily kill the baby because I guess maybe then the soul will maybe go to a different baby. So she wants to perform some sort of ritual that banishes the baby to another realm? Something like that? Yeah, because she apparently doesn't know that you can just call the Goblin King <laughs> and he'll come get the baby. Yeah, it would have been so much easier. Yeah. But no, I guess she's... She's uh she's a little bit too wrapped up in her in her own um insanity. So And her weird ass clothes because <laughs> she dresses like a mummy because <laughs> wrapped up. Well I and mean, she does, that was weird, right? Yeah. Was I supposed to be a mommy person? Well, I mean, I think... I think she's older than she lets on. Like, she... The... The actress playing her is, like... I think she's maybe in her 50s. Uh, but I think the character is actually supposed to be, like, hundreds of years old, maybe. Because I think the opening crawl said she'd been ruling for a very long time. 
So I don't know, I could be wrong. Like she's, maybe she's using magic to make herself not fall apart. Like, uh, like David Lopan, maybe. I don't know. Well, definitely long enough that, that, what's her name, who was a, a bird and a shrew and a marmot and a whatever, mm. uh, uh, thought she was a young lady. It's actually an old lady when she turned back. Yeah. So, 70 years? I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, she's been around, so she's been around for a while. I think she's a mummy, or a lich. Like, Dungeons and Dragons lich. Possibly that. Because she dressed like a mummy with a cape. So, we get baby jacked. Queen's mad about it. There's a montage of of the midwife traveling around with the baby for long enough for it to grow a full head of hair. <laughs> uh, and I think this was filmed in New Zealand too, because it looks like it. Yeah. I think the ending credits said it was filmed in, like, Ireland and New Zealand, so. Okay. Yeah. So, another thing that, uh, uh, Steve Jackson, what's his name? Peter Jackson. Yeah. Stole to make his own movie. <laughs> Clearly, ripping this off. Then rat dogs, rat pig dogs, boar, boar rat dogs, mm -hmm. uh, boar, boar rat. <laughs> I'm a boar rat. My wife. Nice. You guys remember that movie? <laughs> do, you, do you guys remember? <laughs> Slash Ben, he, he pretended to be a guy named Borat. Yep. Can you? you know, these dogs are sort of boars, sort of rats, and sort of dogs. <laughs> Nursemaid just kind of finds a naturally occurring dirt raft, and so she 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 puts this baby on this this bunch of reeds and puts it down the river. This, of course, um. Is a take on another uh, more famous legend of an infant being sent away um, in reeds down a river to save them. Uh, because in, in Warcraft, 
When Dracus and your son thrall down the river to save him from falling into the necromancer Gul'dan's hands, uh, Jesus basket made of wicker. So it's, I think it's a take on that. Probably. Um, Send down the river on the raises is gonna come back and be like a leader of their people. So it's kinda it's it's pretty strong coincidence between Warcraft and Willow, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's that that almost feels like too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. Yeah, so one of them's ripping off the other one. I just don't know which one came first. I usually it's definitely one of those two, though. In these sorts of situations, I tend to default to not trusting Blizzard in these sorts of situations, so I'm gonna believe that Willow did it first. Fair enough. Cool idea that Willow had the yeah. Um, and then, so luckily, the the rapids are not very rapid, so the baby gets gently taken down the river for a while, uh, and then it gets caught on some reeds. It's found by hobbits. Yes. Which in this one are called Elwyn. I think Nelwyn with an N at the start. Nelwyn. I think that's what they are. Called. They're not hobbits, not halflings, not gnomes, not gelflings. They're Nelwyn. Yep. Not munchkins. Nope. They're not. What was the other one? I don't know. Alright. <laughs> uh, it's just. It's just. This. It's dwarf exploitation. I don't know how to put it. They hired like 250, 300 uh, little people to just play a species of just humans with dwarfism. <laughs> That's near as I can tell all there is to them. I think there's just like, well, you guys don't look human. I think that was the whole. I think it's supposed to be different species. Cause no, they're they are. I'm just saying oh. it's, it's it's a really lazy fantasy thing of like. So what are they? Uh, 
they magic and they're blue to this, especially you're just like, nah, they're just, you know, little people. <laughs> <laughs> this entire species. So, can I, can I just read a quote from George Lucas about this movie? Uh, yeah. During the development, he says, uh, he thought it would be great to use a little person in a lead role. A lot of my movies are about a little guy against the system. And this was just a more literal interpretation of that idea. It's like, George, don't say that out loud. That sounds like something that George Lucas would think. It really, yeah, but he said it out loud. It's like, don't say that out loud. Also, it's got his fingerprints all over it because, like in his other movies, he doesn't know who people are going to want the main character to be. <laughs> and then Willow does almost nothing the entire time. I mean, he, he does a little bit for the first act, and then the falls completely by the wayside once Val Kilmer shows up. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, for the first, you know, 30 minutes or so of the movie, he does a few things. I like, I like the first bit of it. I mean, it seems like a real movie for the first bit of it, like, with a storyline and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I can pinpoint the exact minute it goes completely off the rails and explodes. Uh, and I'll, I'll sing that out when we come to it. Cool. Um, He's just, he's on the hill, plowing with a pig, uh, and here comes his landlord or his lender or something. He's a slightly taller little person who's, who's bald and rich and, and, and wants him to not be able to farm, but he's been getting his own seeds. He's just, you know, Occupy Wall Street. It's bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Willow wants to send the baby away, but the family loves it. So they're gonna hold on to it. Not too much to say here. These kids are real bad actors, but what are you gonna do? I mean, they're like they're like five years old, probably. Not even maybe five years old. They they can't be good actors. Yeah, it's not their fault. Uh, the wife's pretty good. Yeah, I forget her name. He says it a couple times. It's like 
Kaya or something. I think that's exactly right. Good call. Um, cut to awesome party <laughs> I want to be at. He's a magician. Everyone's just sort of hanging out, doing all Renaissance Fair stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's doing a magic show. And this is when I first noticed the guy from Bad Santa. <laughs> he's in the crowd. He becomes a bigger character later, which is good. Yeah. I was just like, wait a sec. I don't know that face. Uh, he, he makes a pig disappear, but then it's under his table. This is a magician, not a, like, sorcerer. He's, yeah. he's doing stage magic. But he wants to be a sorcerer. Or he wants he to wants, be... He wants to be the sorcerer's apprentice, is what he wants to be. Which I'm from Bill Barty. Yes. Get, get the power to throw apples in the air and turn them into doves. Because <laughs> then Bill Barty comes along. This wizard is awesome. <laughs> I, I took several screenshots to use avatars and all of my stuff now on. Nice. He, he does look like a very sort of stereotypical wizard sort of character. Like he has the hat, he has the robe, he has the beard, he has the staff, he has like... That sort of typical looking wizard nose, which might just be Billy Barty's nose, I don't know. <laughs> but uh but yeah, he like he he looks even sounds like a typical wizard. Like he has that sort of that sort of old high pitched voice that you imagine most like old wizards to have. It's just he he embodies this role. I like it a lot. He is perfect. I wish he was the main character throughout <laughs> more of it, honestly. <laughs> Not the world David did a bad job or anything, just uh actually I think Warwick Davis did a really good job. I just like this character rather than Willow character. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he wants everyone to choose which thumb, no, sorry, which finger can, can change the world, and I thought it was thumb, because thumb's the right answer, right? It's <laughs> like, that's the one we use to grab things. Yeah. It's the one that we have that other animals don't have. Except for like monkeys and raccoons. Right. Pandas, I guess? I guess. Pandas have thumbs? I, I don't know. Man, he's dumb. 
So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Why is it we just there? Yeah, neither do I. Why yeah. I said we, but weird stuff. Weird yeah, stuff. I know. Um. Uh, but they choose three different fingers in the wrong. Turns out thumb wouldn't have been right either. Because <laughs> it's. You're supposed to choose your own finger. Mm. But. I don't know, man. Uh. Nobody chooses. the right finger. So there's no apprentice that year when suddenly rat pig dogs. <laughs> Which are real scary when everyone's three feet tall. Yeah, exactly, because they're as tall as the rat pig dogs. It's it's a little scary. It's just kinda scary anyway, honestly. Yeah. It seems some costuming, like I guess they just got Rottweilers and put rat tails on them and like tusks in their mouths or something. Hmm. But they look pretty good. Yeah. So it tears up the town and one of them finally kills the thing. Uh, and of course the town they hold some sort of, they held like a council meeting because... Yeah, they, they realized that the, the rat pig dog was there for babies because it attacked a crib or something. Hmm. So I guess she's just, she's sent out all these... It's just these rat pig dogs just running around the countryside, killing babies, I guess. <laughs> but the real babies that are actually born uh, and have to fight an actual opponent to protect them, so of course Republicans do nothing. <laughs> 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 Nice I'm quarantined. I'm mad about stuff. But it's, uh, uh, yeah, the counseling keeps saying how much they want to throw whoever's responsible in a pit. Yeah. They're very specific about their punishment. Like, like they're chanting it too, like, in the pit. In the pit. It's like, okay, guys. So then Willow comes to cop to it, then he's gonna run away and not cop to it, then someone sees him and makes him cop to it. <laughs> I think it's the, the, whatever, whatever his name is. I kept writing down his name as either Scuttlebutt or Slardabirefest. I know that's not his name, but it was something like that. 
He had a very strange name. Is the 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 landlord guy or yeah, the wizard yeah, guy? The landlord guy. Not not Billy Barty. I don't remember Billy Barty's name character at all. I just know him as Billy Barty. Yeah, landlord guy gets gets his mouth puked in and pooped on later. We're not supposed to like him. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so he, he decides that because Willow is the one who, has, who found the baby, that he has to take the baby uh, out of the village and across the river and once they find a human they're just gonna just any old random human they're just gonna give them the baby and then come back and they'll go back to the village as a hero which is a terrible plan really yeah like hey we found one of your freaking babies you want it <laughs> like, I could see doing that if it was random other species of, like, if I found a, I forget what these things are called, right? Nelwyn? Yes. If I found a Nelwyn baby and I was in a world where that was a different species, probably like, well, I'll go to Nelwyn village and be like, hey, someone... Take this baby. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Like, they don't want to get involved with the humans, because, uh, you know, as we find out shortly thereafter, all humans hate these Nelwins, apparently. They just call them, they call them pecs, is that it, I think? You yeah. Know, very derogatory. Wasn't that like a, like an actual people from Northern Ireland or something? The Pecs? Uh, I don't know. Huh. But, but, they, um, so I, I want to be very clear here, they're in a council chamber and because of the advice of a wizard, they form a fellowship mm-hmm. to to take this thing uh, away to a faraway land and throw the kid in a volcano. That sounds about right. Wait, no, not quite, but it's close. It's close. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm sure that the queen would have been fine with them throwing the kid in a volcano. It's basically the same thing. It's one way to get rid of it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna send Willow, the bad Santa guy, the landlord, or banker, whatever his job is. Mm-hmm. Another 
guy whose friend's a bad Santa guy. Who was the one who killed the boar thing. Yeah. And... Willow's friend... Minosh? Sure. That sounds about right. Midna? Something like that. Midna? Yeah, who's... Who's the most loyal friend he's got, but... Mm -hmm. But Samwise Gamgee, he ain't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, I found... I found the landlord's name. I wrote it down in my notes. His name is Burgle Cut. Burgle Cut. Yeah. I prefer Scuttlebutt, but that's just me. Burlcut's a pretty good name, though. I like it. Oh, it's a great name, but I will not remember that. <laughs> I was gonna call him Landlord. That works. But he might be a banker. I don't know if he's a landlord. He just, he's. For whatever reason, owed money by Willow and mad that he got seeds from somewhere. That's all we know about him. Mm-hmm. Well, also he doesn't think that he's a very good magician. But in fact, he's not. Yeah. So. And I think uh, there's at this point where uh, Billy... Mr. Barty gives, um, he gives Willow, I forgot his name for a second, he gives him some acorns, and he says, no, these are magic acorns, and they turn anything that, you throw them, and anything that they touch turns to stone. Which is not the foreshadowing at all. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. I, those sound like pretty sweet acorns. Um, and then, but they're, they're... His kids are telling him about all the other things we can expect <laughs> to find in this world. Yeah. Uh, he's like... Aren't you afraid of fairies, or brownies, or dragons, or trolls? Trolls that can run into trolls that will will eat your skin, I think is what they said specifically. Yeah. Party, the best wizard ever, <laughs> throws an apple into the air, turns into a bird, he's like, follow the bird, the bird goes the wrong way, he's like, don't follow the bird, <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then we cut to, no, we, we do more Hobbit stuff where they're like, 
marching along and there's a sort of matte painting background and it looks really large and pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby gets tired. Grumble cunt. Her name was What was his name? I don't remember. Grumble cunt says he's not actually tired. Gets the baby pukes in his mouth and it's a big laugh. Meanwhile, turns out Skeletor works with the Queen. I wrote that down too. I excellent. I wrote down the fuck is Skeletor doing in this movie? I couldn't. I vacillated back and forth from making fun of him for looking like Skeletor, making fun of him for looking like Darth Vader. <laughs> so it's definitely one of those two. Darth Skeletor. Darth Skeletor. He's pretty good, actually. I like him. Yeah. He had a really boring real name, but I don't know what it was. Oh, I looked him up. Uh, he shit what was he in he was in he was in another he's another Batman man he's the one but I don't remember what movie he was in Ooh. no he was in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves ha he, he played that one he played the Celtic chieftain don't remember oh, cool. the character. No, he was the one that, um, that, that, uh, they hired to come in and, and take out the village. Oh, okay. That really ham-fisted fake out that no one actually thought meant that Kevin Costner did that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was also in uh, Temple of Doom and Raiders of the Lost Ark and Clash of the Titans. He was in a bunch of movies. Conan the Destroyer, Red Sonia. Who's in Conan the Destroyer? Uh, he was... That was one of the other ones on... Well, no, Kundalini was one of the other ones on the, uh... Uh, he, the played, he played Man-Ape in Conan the Destroyer. And he played Brytag in Red Sonia. Huh. I don't know. I haven't seen either of those. Yeah, I don't, uh... Well, I'll have to now, I guess. Yeah. But but his character name, this one, I thought was pretty... odd and short. Yeah. Was he like Craig or something? It was, it was Kale. 
Also, fun fact about Pat Roach, former pro wrestler, like in the 50s and 60s. So, there you go. So he was a he was a pro wrestler before he was an actor. So, uh, no, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is not the first former wrestler turned actor. Oh, I never thought he was, but, but, fair enough. Yeah. He would have been good in this movie, I think. Not probably. Well, he was like... 11 at the time. No, this movie came out. Let's recast it if we remade it now. Oh, oh yeah, now definitely. See, I want to have... Like how they use trick photography and CGI in The Hobbit to make, like, actors the same size seem twice as big as each other. Mm hmm. I want there to be a species of, of, like, two and a half foot tall, huge beefcakes. <laughs> So you'd like go to this village of the no one or whatever, and it's all like The Rock and and Jesse Ventura and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger types, but they're all two and a half feet tall. It's very terrible. Tiny little heads. Oh my god, that'd be great. Right? Yeah, I mean, let's do it. I'm just describing dwarfs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like fantasy ass dwarfs. <laughs> um, so, let's see, they. Right, so, so Skeletor works for this queen. <laughs> There's an evil princess who reminds me of Winona Ryder. She's also there for some reason, even though she's clearly not the same as, like, evil sorceress, obvious lady, skeleton-wearing Darth Vader guy, weird old wizard guys, uh... And this lady, <laughs> who's kind of just wearing armor and seems like she might be nice. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. They're gonna send them both out to go find the baby because it got away. We don't know how long ago exactly. Yeah, and then. I'm not sure which one of the one of the guys in the in there says that uh, the the daughter will betray the queen, uh, and then the queen. Oh, I guess it must have been Kale because she says that she trusts her daughter more than she trusts uh, Skeletor. Whatever. 
I think they sent both of them away to swap random. Oh, old band wizards. Okay. So yeah, so she she trusts her daughter more than she trusts random wizard, uh, which is not foreshadowing at all. Yeah, it's totally unnecessary foreshadowing. Yeah, they, they have all this dialogue that's like it doesn't matter. Yeah, tell us what everything's gonna happen in the movie is, because otherwise you won't just see it. Yeah. Oh well, it's fine. It's fine. Can I can I also point out something? Um, no. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I feel like Robin Hood Prince of Thieves took the whole idea of the the sort of character and power having a completely separate like world than the rest of than the outside world because you know like the the scenes with the queen they they were just they didn't have different like they weren't shot differently but they definitely were weird compared with the stuff going on outside of her castle kind of like what was happening with the the sheriff of Nottingham with uh, Alan Rickman's scenes in Prince of Thieves I don't yeah know. I think Everyone else's scenes are occasionally outside, and hers are just like on a paper mache soundstage all the time. Maybe, but I mean, it just—it seems like it's not wackier, but definitely just like much more sort of weird than the stuff that's going on outside the castle. So, I don't know. It just... It seemed like it, it felt a little bit... Not that they were aping the ad, the style, but it definitely felt like they were kind of... Not necessarily... They just felt kind of similar in that Doing sense. Doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, they were just, you know, the... the insane leader is having these weird sort of wacky um, scenes and then everything else outside is relatively normal compared to that. I feel you. I don't know, it just, it just felt like there, she's, felt like a lot of the people inside the castle were chewing the scenery, so, that's all. I think you're right, but it's also very, like, there's, there's two named characters in the castle. <laughs> So it's kind of, and then there's just a bunch of awesome 
bearded guys yeah. are wearing robes and seeing wizards help. <laughs> Some good wizard beards in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of the aesthetics. <laughs> Not so much what happens or the writing, but... <laughs> The fashion choices I'm into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so they're they're gonna go look for the, the baby, and they find her in like four and a half seconds. <laughs> uh, well, it, it takes a it takes like at least a minute, cause they um. They come well, I mean, just the very next scene just cuts to, oh god, they're right there. <laughs> well, not quite. Uh, right? No, because the next scene is uh, when they meet Val Kilmer, who's hanging in the crow's nest. Or whatever it's called. No, no, they, they run from... Like weird Viking guys before they even meet Bell Killer. Okay. At least once, because they the whole Hobbit group gets found and they're like hiding in bushes and they're like, we have to hurry and get to the crossroads. Oh, okay. Uh, this is something that I'll just mention now. Um, a lot of this movie kind of bleeds together for me. Uh, so... <laughs> so, like, there's a lot of the same things happening throughout the movie. Uh, so... Sorry. A lot of it happens it. for no reason. Yeah, so it's kind it's, of very, uh... It's kind of forgettable, and I didn't write down that sort of thing in the notes. So, uh, yeah, sorry, I forgot about that no, completely. It's, it's utterly unimportant. I'm just ashamed for accuracy now because I <laughs> care or it matters at all. Okay. Donors. <laughs> But yeah, it just, it's, they show up bizarrely quickly to the point where I'm wondering, like, well, how, how big is this island? <laughs> or is this a different group altogether or what? Because uh, just, as soon as they say, well, we're going to go find this baby next, you're like, oh my god, they're going for the baby. <laughs> it might have just been some random soldiers that found the baby or found them. I don't know. It's not presumably. Maybe, I would guess. I also don't know how big these people's army is or where all their reach is and whatnot. It seems like it's pretty large just considering that you know, she's the queen kind of has control over the entire country, I guess. So she might have a pretty large army. 
Yeah, then you only ever see 30 or 40 of them groups together at a time from now on. Hmm. Which I think is just like a production budget thing, but still, it's sort of a, like... Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but every, every enemy camp we see is pretty sparsely popular. There's <laughs> no, like, ranks or anything. Uh, oh, so they finally crossroads. Uh, I was trying to make a bone thugs and harmony joke here because there was there was a a bone guy uh, in a cage. Arguably, Matt Morgan's kind of a thug, but I couldn't. And Bone Thugs and Harmony did that Crossroads album, but I couldn't. I couldn't really figure out how to make it work. Um. So if you at home can figure out what a good Bone Thugs and Harmony joke here at the Crossroads would be. Uh, please write in uh, Matt named Matthews on Twitter. <laughs> um, I'm just, it feels like a missed opportunity, but I, I, I only had a day or two to watch and prepare for this, and I couldn't. I could come up with something good enough for you, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my shame. <laughs> uh, Pal Kilmer's there and he wants water. Office press baby for water. And they're all having a grand old time watching this guy die of dehydration. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the first time you see him, he, like, grabs Willow by the throat and threatens to kill him if, you know, he doesn't get water, so. I can lets him go to go get him water and has nothing to bargain with. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, I'll go get you water. No, I'm not gonna go get you water. <laughs> exactly. You choked me, you're mean. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> but so they have this weird type of interaction there. The gr Grumble cunt gets mad because <laughs> <laughs> they don't give the baby to, uh, to this, this guy in a cage. Mm -hmm. So everyone leaves except his one friend, Mikash, or whatever his name is. Yeah. And then a bunch of, bunch of humans start marching on by. And Willow keeps trying 
get their attention. It's like, can one of you take this damn baby off my hands? <laughs> uh, and they all ignore him, except for one guy who um, turns out Eric is. Yeah. Uh, who turns out to be a friend of uh, Val Kilmer. Well, you shouldn't die. Well, I mean, I, I mean, quote, friend, unquote. Like, they, they, yeah. uh, I guess associate would be a better, or acquaintance would be a better word for that. They seem to kind of hate each other, but yeah, he's very paladin-y. Yeah, a big, vaguely busy-looking character with that. <laughs> oh, that guy, by the way, um, Gavin O'Herlihy. Uh, he was the first Chuck Cunningham in Happy Days. Which I'm pretty sure that's how he got the gig was Ron Howard's the director, and Ron Howard was also on Happy Days. Oh, neat. Yeah. I have not watched that show pretty much at all. No, I mean, I haven't either. I just looked up the actor and was like, oh, he was the first Chuck Cunningham on Happy Days. That must have been how he got the gig here. I just thought he had kind of busy teeth. That's all I got. <laughs> I can see that too. So everyone leaves except his friend. They leave for a whole day. Horses, army, they want help. Um, the army's like, no, we're men. We kill things. Find women. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Eventually, they are persuaded to just give the baby to Mad Morgan. Mm -hmm. That's his, like, it's one word which kind of pisses me off. It's <laughs> Mad Morgan is his name. He's not. Mardigan who is mad. <laughs> it's Mad Mardigan. It's like Bad Morgan or whatever the hell the bad guy's the evil witch character's name is. Uh, I don't like how they name people, but it's a minor complaint, but it is a complaint. So they free him, he takes the baby, uh, and then they leave, and the baby is immediately stolen by brownies. Yeah, this is, this is where the movie flies off the rails <laughs> and explodes, because Next thing that happens is this fucking French guy on a hawk. <laughs> like, this little six-year-old French guy on a hawk flies by the main characters, declaring, We 
It's just what am I watching? <laughs> and from this point forward, my doubts get much more sparse because of what matters. <laughs> so there are a bunch of brownies that are like shooting arrows at Willow and his friend. But, you know, they're like six years tall, so it's like toothpicks being shot at them. Um, yeah, it's a little dark. Yeah. But they still run away and then fall into a pit trap. So, the, uh, the villagers got their wish. Willow got thrown into a pit. He wakes up a little bit later, and there's like the queen of the fairies or something. I'm not entirely sure what her it's, role is. It's like Glinda the Good Witch from Wizard of Oz, it looks like. Pretty much. Uh, and she says that, uh, that she was the leader of the brownies and she was the one who kidnapped the baby again because apparently the baby has decided that Willow is going to be her guardian uh, on the, the road to the road to Viridian City or whatever their, whatever their destination is called, I don't remember. Yeah, why though isn't it a baby? It's a baby. Yeah, I don't know. Baby don't know what's a good guardian? I don't know, she's a magical baby or something. I mean, it's a, it's a baby born with a tattoo. There's something weird about this baby. Let's be real. That's fair. So, I don't know. But she says Willow is going to be uh, the baby's guardian because, you know, Val Kilmer did such a great job. And, uh, I Please. guess... I know. I mean, he got a baby sold by fairies. That <laughs> happens to the best of us. Okay. And uh, she gives Willow uh, a, a wand of power, which belonged to another sorceress. And I guess they have to go find the sorceress. And, uh, she will help them out from there. Yeah, so it's a whole new mission. Yep. We're scrapping the old mission altogether. Uh, it's take the baby to a specific royal couple. With the help of a specific lady, you have to give us one to. Mm-hmm. Um, story structure-wise, 
could start the movie right here. (laughs) Or at least, you know, cut out the last after leaving village bits. Um, But we don't. (laughs) That's (laughs) alright. Hey, they gotta fill the, they gotta fill up the time. This movie's there for two hours long. Yeah, but do it need to be? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Maybe it All was right. a contractual re- re- uh, obligation. I don't know. I do kind of like the brownies. I find them very irritating as characters and keep hoping they'll get stepped on by something. <laughs> but, uh, I like the effect of just their, their little sort of green screen, six inch tall Gulliver's Travel stuff. And mm-hmm. even Gulliver's Travel, me gosh, and Willow to the ground to to threaten them with their their toothpicks. And it's consistently kind of amusing to me. Yeah. I like size stuff in movies. I mean, I shrunk the kids and and, and man and stuff for all this music to me. We should watch Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I haven't seen that movie in like 30 years. That was a good one. I'm really worried it's not going to hold up. Oh, I doubt it will. But I still (laughs) really want to see it. Anyway. I mean, fair enough. I'll add that to the list. Yes. I would rewatch that one. Nice. They, they, so, new mission sends Migash home because Samwise Gamgee, he ain't. He's <laughs> just like, I have to do this by myself, Migash. Migash like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is possibly not the dramatic. No, don't go, I'll follow you. I can't swim. Seeing who's hoping for. Speaking of like, alright, I'm gonna make out my tiny girlfriend. And leave. Um, and without me, gosh, the first thing Will thinks is good is to stop the, like, Viking pub and get his ass kicked. Well, they ran out of milk for the baby, so they're like, so I guess his brilliant idea is to go into the, the violentest bar in town. And ask for milk. He's he's walking up to every human woman he sees, just like, do you have milk for my baby? <laughs> it's so weird. Like, yeah, 
Someone's boyfriend's gonna kick your ass, kid. That's not it. <laughs> and they should. <laughs> but they, they don't have milk because it's a bar. The brownies accidentally dust each other. Uh, with like with date rape dust from a fairy tale mm-hmm. one of them falls in love with a cat who disappointingly doesn't bat him around torture him to death because that's what cats would actually do with something that size Yeah. and then Val Kilmer is also there in the other room dressed as a woman this movie was written by by 13 year olds is what I've decided like it's just things are just happening for no reason so um fun fact this movie was apparently the original script was written in 1972 so George Lucas was like about that old, I think. But <laughs> he's 13. I don't know how old he is. That would track, actually. I mean, it very much feels like a, uh, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign played by, like, horny ish middle schoolers. <laughs> It's like, what is even happening? Well, I don't know how old George Lucas is. Oh, George Lucas is older than I thought. He was like 27 when he wrote this, the first idea for this movie. Never mind. Oh. I thought he was younger than that. But anyway. How old is George Lucas now? Uh, he was born in 1944, so he's like 75 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought he was younger than that. That's all I thought. I thought he was way younger than that. In that case, he looks pretty good. Yeah. So, uh... So Val Kilmer passes for a woman remarkably well. Because uh, he's been, I mean, I've hit it. Oh, yeah. But it's because it's Val Kilmer. Of course. Val Kilmer. Well, yeah. Um, so he's, he's been apparently uh, canoodling with this lady who's married. So instead of like leaving the room, he's gonna dress up as a woman and pretend to be her cousin. Yeah. And then as soon as the the husband comes home, he immediately starts molesting Falcon because he thinks he's his wife's cousin. Mm-hmm. So this is a weird relationship. Yeah. Again, written by 13-year-olds. A bunch of soldiers bust in to search the pub for babies like you do. Mm-hmm. They take off Al Kilmer's 
the wig. The husband rages out and murders all the soldiers. Just <laughs> do that. Yeah, because his fragile, well, his fragile male ego was destroyed because apparently he was attracted to another man. Yeah, he keeps screaming like he's, he's, he's not a woman. He keeps screaming that gives him fight off battalion powers. <laughs> Apparently, and then they flee in a car to get a classic. I don't know if it's actually been another movie we've seen, but a classic. <laughs> uh, Mad Mantis car chase. <laughs> yeah, which uh, I I've seen this in so many movies. I just can't name any right now. I honestly, this was one of the two scenes in this movie that I remember, but if. Only because, like, I remember just the idea of the carts racing and the, the chase and just Willow yelling at Val Kilmer constantly throughout this entire scene. Um... I don't, I couldn't tell what was going on because there were too many jump cuts and it was like shaky cam. I couldn't tell what was going on, but I remembered, I think it was the music and uh, just, you know, uh, Willow yelling at Mad Mardigan constantly. But yeah. Yeah, and about nothing. Just like, stop! Stop yeah. what? <laughs> exactly. You're fleeing from an army. <laughs> Willow, shut up. <laughs> this is when I started being annoyed by the main character and liking all the secondary characters better, <laughs> which isn't a great sign. That's not terrible. Mm -hmm. You can recover from that. Yeah. Everyone likes Han Solo better than Luke also, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and we get a Wilhelm scream. Uh, and... The first of three, I think, right? I think it was four, actually. Oh? I can't remember. I did mark them down. I think it was at least three. Um... But yeah, so they, they eventually, they get far enough away that they actually just, they send the horse and cart off on its own, assuming that the soldiers are going to follow it, which they do. Uh, and then they yeah. they go off on their own direction. I, I was going to say, though, I actually liked this action scene a lot more than some later, just because, uh, despite shaky cam and quick cuts, 
Mm-hmm. I could actually tell where everyone was and it was just like blocked well enough that it was never, there were never any editing mistakes that there were in a lot of later on ones where like there was continuity and I knew where everyone was and what was going on. Mm-hmm. You've got your brownies hanging off the side. You've got Willow screaming at the person actually doing stuff, and he's knocking people off. And it's just you know, it. it I thought it worked pretty well. Um, this might have been my favorite scene in the movie, just because <laughs> it was comedic and sensible. Yeah. Uh, no, this this was definitely like one of the more memorable scenes in the entire film. Because you know, yeah. like I said, it's something that it it was something sort of not guttural, but very sort of primal. It's like, oh shit, I remember this shit. Yes. Like, I remember this shit from 30 years ago. And there's not a lot that I remember from 30 years ago. And this is one of the scenes. Yeah. It's kind of fun. He's wearing his, his big pink pants or the dress full <laughs> of it. His boots. kind of cool. Wheels start breaking off. There's little branches that hit dudes. Branches are clanked inside, etc., etc. Wilhelm screams. Everything I want in a movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mask of Zorro and, and uh, Sleepy Hollow are the other two that I wrote <laughs> down as other good car chase scenes. <laughs> I mean, what about, well, I don't know if I consider it a chase scene, but, uh, the chariot race in Ben-Hur? Uh, also good. Not a, not a chase scene, though, I'm gonna yeah. say. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, because they're going around track and they're, like, fighting with... Yeah. Ben heard me interesting one to do on this podcast. We haven't. I think wasn't the, what's the oldest movie we've done here? It was from like this still from the eighties, right? Wasn't Big Trouble in Little China the oldest movie we've done? Oh no, I have to double check that. Cause we need to do something from like the seventies or sixties. Well, at some point it gets so old that I just don't know what to make fun of anymore. <laughs> Fair. Where it's like, maybe this is just how people talked at the time. <laughs> so they're gonna stick together until they get to the lake because they're both going to the same area. Um, Falcor takes his shirt off. It's pretty neat. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's acting like he doesn't want to come help with the baby. And maybe he actually doesn't, but he's going the same direction they are. 
so they're gonna hang out. Yeah, it's a good thing he does, because they don't need him at all. They kind of just hang out and become friends on the way. <laughs> so we got like a, we got a campfire scene, um, where Willow starts fucking around with the wand for no reason and winds up in a tree. <laughs> Got a scene by waterfalls where there's humorous bickering and Mad Mardigan is actually pretty good with the kid, which I find a little endearing. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's not just a rogue who doesn't care, like, he actually is amused by this <laughs> infant. It's something, you know. Yeah. And then they make it to Big Lake. And Bad Bargain's help was not needed at all. <laughs> so he leaves. Yeah. And Which, of course he does, because that was the agreement. Exactly. And, of course, uh, Willow decides to leave the baby with the comic relief. Which is a brilliant idea. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I don't know if you mentioned like these these two. Oh yeah. Since the saw guys are coming with them the whole way. Yeah. Um. Like after Gulliver's traveling them down, getting talked to by the fairy that gave him the wand, two of them went with him. Who? They were supposed to be kind of annoying. They were they were supposed to be his guides, basically, but they're idiots, so they don't actually know where they're going. And yeah, I honestly they were the most irritating part of the movie for me. Like they added practically nothing. They were just sort of there as comic relief, but it, they weren't funny at all. So, yeah, I like I like some of the the size gags they would do with things like both of them attacking a crossbow string with hatchets to get to fire <laughs> and help or something like when they're interacting with the scenes it was kind of neat but mostly it was just these two comedians from the green screen yeah uh, and they weren't that good of comedians I don't think mm-hmm. no it was I mean Kevin Paul is a funny guy but no, this is not a good role for him. So they 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 get to the lake. Uh-huh. Or Mad Morgan leaves. Willow decides to row out to the lake. He's not a very good rower. <laughs> I noticed. It's like. This is one situation where I actually do need Mad Morgan to help, and he's gone. (laughs) 
to be fair, he's probably never had a reason to grow anything in his life. Well, true, but I think it's that he's, he's, he can't reach both at once, so he's like battling yeah. with one and then reaching over the other. Well, yeah. Actual ordeal, it seems like. <laughs> and he gets to Bone Island. <laughs> it's just an island they've covered with bones for some reason. I can't tell why. And talks to a lemur or a shrew or like a possum. Or an opossum, because I think of possums as giants or rat-looking things with the bear tails and the white heads, but maybe this is also a possum? I don't know. Something. There's like two distinct kinds of possums. Hmm, alright. I learned something today. And I'll probably forget it by the end of the recording. <laughs> I don't know the difference between a possum and an opossum. Also, that might be part of it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe this is a possum, and what I think of as possums, which are the ones that are always in the garbage alongside raccoons, are actually opossums or something. I don't know. No, I don't know either. But, but I'm, I'm Matt and Matt, he's on Twitter. If you guys are possum experts and you want to help me out with this because I'm very confused by it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure some of our listeners are possum experts because I feel like that's our our scene sounds sounds about right so (laughs) at Bone Island because you just steal both from an abandoned village there's a lot of abandoned places in this I just noticed like they get there and there's a village that no one lives in who just left their boats there which is neat there's talking creature they take it back to the village it says it's actually a person who got transformed etc etc yeah got a fun nice fish notes well, that sounds about right, considering, you know, why else would it, I don't think there are any other talking animals in this movie, so I guess it would make sense that the talking shrew creature might be a sorceress. Yeah, I mean, I like talking animals in general as a fantasy trope, but I guess they tend to be transformed something. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like 
a ridiculous fantasy movie like Guardians of the Galaxy or something. <laughs> it's just a straight up raccoon, you know, explain it. <laughs> and then, Matt Morgan, who has not helped at all yet, leads the soldiers back to them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that is his contribution. So he gets everyone captured. I think the whole thing was he gets everyone captured or he gets killed, so... I think that was the whole idea behind that, but I could be wrong. Well, yeah, but still, he... He still did. Yeah. But he's supposed to be all capable. Just don't get caught, bro. That's what I always do. <laughs> and they get dragged behind like a wagon chain. Wagon train on a chain. They all can't wear Carrie's Willow because they're kind of friends now, I guess. Uh, or at least don't hate each other. <laughs> get the snow camp scene, which is, this is the second part where it escalates and now everything's crazy and I can't follow anything. Because <laughs> bad guy's taking this camp that's in the snow, it's kind of called barbarity <laughs> for the Eighth time in a row, there's only like 30 bad guys at a time, but it's implied there's many more. And they get out right away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, the first thing I have written down at this point is. Uh, that Willow was apparently a blood mage, um, because he has to use his own blood in order to try to transform, uh, the sorceress back to her regular form. Uh, so she bites him, and then, you know, he gets blood on the wand. He tries to transform her into a human, but he ends up turning into a crow. Yeah. Which actually... I actually kind of liked that gag. That was actually probably her most useful form, considering all the other stuff that happens to her later on, besides her human form. But... Oh, it's the one I'd want to stay as, like, Oh, oh yeah. you can fly now? That's oh, way better. Yeah. I was clinging to trees and eating nuts and stuff. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, the brownies catch up and yeah. they block for them. Yes. And then they, uh, use some of their... their GHB powder on... Mad Mardigan, yeah. who, uh... Yeah, for, like, 
for no reason, just smack him with it. Yeah. For... What? I don't know why. In- initially, I, I don't thought... know why. <laughs> initially, I thought it just might have been... Uh, just something akin to pot, because he's just like... He's just kind of happy and chilling out for a while. No, it's for a hypnol. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and then... So they... They find... Uh... What was her? Sorsha? Was that her name? Sorsha. Yeah, yeah. They find her, her tent and the baby's in there. And Matt Bargain's like, don't worry. I got this. And Will's like, okay, I'll stay out here because I can't do anything. <laughs> because that would be an interesting character. <laughs> so, so, Matt Bargain goes into the tent. He goes down to pick up the baby and leave. And he looks over at Sorsha, and you get the the lovey-dovey music, and he like, you know, he leans over her and he's wanting to do stuff to her, and of course she pulls out a dagger and threatens to kill him, and. Um, I'm not entirely sure, it's, it's like the sappiest, crappiest romantic dialogue you could have possibly created. Well, it's got that real, like, 80s, two people threaten each other and being wildly mutually abusive, <laughs> and it's hot thing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, stab me in the neck. Yeah. Kill me. <laughs> like, that's the... Yeah, because cause she's still, obviously, she's not under any sort of spell. She's threatening to kill him constantly, and he's like, you know, he's talking about how death would be, uh, Death would be a, a, a sweet release compared to not being able to be with you and all the sort of, you know, something that would have been written by a 13-year-old who just got his heart broken. So. Yeah, or making fun of Shakespeare, I don't know. Like, he's definitely yeah. overacting the scene on purpose. Yeah. Because we know this, because Val Kilmer's a good actor. <laughs> so he's, <laughs> he's having fun with it. Yeah. And then they just go ahead and steal the baby anyway. Oh, uh, it's very unclear as why she's at all susceptible to it. Because, like, he's under the effects of a potion. She's, like, legit, 
genuinely impressed by this bad poetry or something. It's very strange. I'm, I'm pretty sure she wasn't. Like, she was just getting all fluttery eyelashed and, like, not killing him and slowing down and stuff. She may have never had this sort of experience before. Like, you know, considering her, her mom and how she was probably raised, she probably never had, like, some attractive dude, you know, giving her sappy love poems. I don't know. I think that's what we're supposed to infer. It's just weird that it worked so quickly for no discernible reason, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, if you like me, then I like you back. Like, that's not how that goes. I mean, to be fair, it is Val Kilmer who's doing this. Now, that's true, as most other people, it probably wouldn't work. I mean, don't get me wrong, it would work on me, but... Yeah, me too. Okay, fair enough. Alright. I'm, I'm just saying, if it was up with you, Sorsha, yeah, we get it. But we're also not evil princess material, I don't think. Yeah, that's... Exactly. That's never been a thing we claimed we could handle. <laughs> It's very uncomfortable to me, at least. Yeah, um, no, he was falling in love with the evil princess instead of stealing this baby. The bad guys gave Mad Mardigan a really cool outfit. <laughs> I noted. Because he was just wearing, like, a dress wrapped around his legs because that's all he had. And now he's in this, like, swashbuckly ninja outfit. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. And then they, uh, so they steal a baby, and then we get the sled scene. Which is the other, yeah. the other memorable scene in this movie. So they, they jump onto a shield and slow down the tallest mountain ever. <laughs> we didn't know this camp was at the top of K2 or something, but it is. Uh, because it lasts for like... Three hours? How long is this scene? It's, it's about half the movie. See, it feels like it. It's maybe it like... It goes on and on. It's maybe like two, two and a half minutes. But that's still a very long scene for just, you know, several characters sledding down a mountain. Like, that shouldn't be this long. It's just like a ski video montage of all these, uh, 
different slopes. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of that, uh, that iconic scene from Fantastic Four. Where in the Human Torch is snowboarding, uh, down. Oh man, I forgot the snow mountain. I just don't see that many uh, skiing videos, so it reminds me of these terrible movies we've seen. Yeah, I had actually blocked that movie out of my memory. Thanks for reminding me that it exists. I liked it. <laughs> I don't get the hatred. I'm like, we can agree to disagree on that one. I don't think it's good, but I like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did like the part, there was a scene where it, like, it showed that the baby was like, she seemed super bored while she was riding down this mountain. It's like, whatever, don't care. So, uh, yeah. the baby is unbothered by this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, so, Mad Morgan did like fall off the, he fell off the shield at some point. Because uh, they took, like, a bad jump or something. Yeah, but, like, but right next to the end, because, like, yeah. they make it down all the way with the two of them, then Mad Morgan falls off, and then, like, they hit. It's... it's very shortly before the end of the ride, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So they can do a snowball gag? It's gone full cartoon at this point. <laughs> like, there's no... <laughs> Basically, yeah. So they fall into another village, just right down the slope from this camp. Uh, I don't know how anyone lives here, because it's snow everywhere, and they're apparently just a couple thousand feet above, like, green lands. So why there's a village here, I have no idea. Yeah, but he rolls down the hill and a giant humorous snowball is not dead for some reason. <laughs> it hits the building and falls apart, so he's fine. <laughs> uh, and then the army is right behind them. Yep. But it turns out that this is apparently the village that Bad um, Morgan's sort of, but not really, friend is living in. So, oh yeah, Eric's back. Yeah, 
So, they're the British. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a throwback. <laughs> that only we will get. It was cool. I, I know, I did too. Uh, and they, uh, so they decided to hide uh, Willow and the baby uh, in some sort of cellar. Yeah, it's just a very, like, hide from the Nazis under the floorboards thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one part, actually, that I really liked about this scene where, like, the baby starts crying, but uh, Sorceress is there, and she's still the crow, so she starts calling as the baby is crying to cover up the cries. I thought that was a cool touch. Oh, yeah. That was pretty clever. It's like, she's, uh, she's definitely the best character in this movie by far. The sorceress. Yeah, she actually knows what she's doing. Yeah, it's not... Uh, she's not super handy, but she's also less inept than everyone else. Mm-hmm. She's using what she's got very well. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, which is crow stuff. <laughs> which, as we've learned from the movie The Crow, is actually pretty good. Well, that... Uh, fair enough. <laughs> they all managed to hide for, like, a couple seconds, because they very quickly found... They take Sorsha hostage, or Morgan does, mm. and just leave. They volunteer to have Eric come with them, or ask him wants to come with them. He says no, so he just stays behind to very briefly kick a little bit of ass to <laughs> slow them down. Yeah. And then, just sort of as a part of this weird pattern of everything being mostly weightless and nothing actually developing, uh, the very next scene, their hostage gets away. <laughs> but not before she falls a little bit more in love with Mad Morgan, because... They, they tussle for a bit because she, you know, tries to escape. She hits him in the... She, like, hits him and jumps off the horse. Uh, and then he tackles her and they roll around for a bit. And then he's lying on top of her. And just for a couple seconds, he's, you know thinking about stuff and then she kicks him off and starts turning away but then she does that sort of dramatic look back for just a second and then she runs away yeah but but during this time that 
he's their hostage, like he admits that he didn't actually mean to hit those things he said. Like, yeah, yeah I guess I was drugged or something. <laughs> sure, so I'm mad at him, so it just, it resets their relationship, except it apparently doesn't, even though it should have that effect. Mm-hmm. It's very strange, I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I don't get these two together in virtually any way. But, so they come back to just the three of them, the, the baby, Morgan and Willow. And they find this castle, which the the omniscient fairy queen told them specifically they had to go to. Uh, and it turns out it's empty. <laughs> yeah. Or it's not empty, it's, it's full of frozen people. Because mm-hmm. I guess that's what the, I guess the queen just froze the entire like everyone in there or something cause I, I don't know cause she could yeah I guess cause they come back to this castle and these people are getting unfrozen or are they just dead and now it's other people's castle that's a good question I don't know not sure if that was ever resolved. It's not super clear. <laughs> um, but then the army's right behind them because the army's always right behind them because nothing changes in this movie. <laughs> and so they have to. It's just weird. So, there's empty place where everyone's frozen. It's just sort of kind of looting it. Morgan finds the armory and he finally gets a sword because he's been talking about what a good sword's going to be this whole time. I've only seen it like once. <laughs> and then it's this weird setup where, like, the army comes, so it's up to the two good guys to set up this sort of home alone <laughs> trap for everyone while the bad guys go into the woods and cut down a tree to make a battering ram. And it's going to be an entire army versus these two guys. We'll see if they can defend the castle by themselves. Of course they can't. Uh, because how would you ever do that? He's, he's trying to, to turn the crow into lady again. Turns her into goat accidentally instead. It's kind of a funny gag at this point, how it keeps being different animals. Yeah. Because uh, they do the sort of animal voices every time. Yeah, I, that's one of the... I'm kind of into it. I actually really like the, uh, 
the abilities of the of the actress who played the character to do all those different voices with the different she embodied the different animals very well. I think she did she's obviously the best part of this movie. Yeah, and sort of very croaky voice for the crow and then is this sort of bleeding and baaing in the middle of mm-hmm. syllables as the the goat and just all that fun for kids and nonsense. Better <laughs> guys make a battering ram. Yep. And we guys try to make a whole ass castle ones. Mm-hmm. Evil monkeys. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Please describe these horrible horrible gods. I'm sorry. I'm not sure I can. <laughs> Cause I couldn't entirely tell what was going on in this scene. So in this world, the trolls are like the, uh... Somewhere between, like... The terrible werewolves from Buffy the Vampire Slayer... And, like, the Morlocks from the 60s movie... And Bigfoot... And just a standard rubber gorilla costume. Um, they kind of look like the half ape guys from Land of the Lost. Uh, and I'm just very unimpressed by them in general. <laughs> but they can, like, spider climb along walls and undersized bridges and stuff and that's kind of cool because hmm. it's a little creepy so this this castle isn't abandoned it's full of trolls also for no reason given or asked um, <laughs> and god what even it's just a big fight. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell. It just seemed like there was a lot of action going on, and I couldn't tell what was going on the entire time. Well, this is where the blocking the direction gets a little clumsy, because, like, a bunch of things are happening, but they don't really connect very well. Hmm. So they, they, all these evil monkeys come in, Willow turns one into cancer, <laughs> which is one. Uh, he like points at and tries to disable it, and it falls down, skin comes off, turns into a tumor, it's just super gross, looks like a face, fate much worse than death. Yeah, uh... And then starts growing two heads, so it kicks it into the moat. <laughs> and then a giant claymation 
dragon monster come out of the moat. Hmm. And then it starts eating everyone. The bad guys break through with their battering ram. And but then they run away from Mad Morgan who thinks he's being really scary, but it turns out it's because this giant claymation two-headed dragon's right behind him. <laughs> they have a kind of funny gag where everyone runs away from him and then the bad guy army and Mad Morgan are both outside and they look at each other and realize they're enemies and <laughs> Start chasing each other. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Willow's fighting more trolls. There's one point where, like, Mardigan catapults himself towards Willow because Willow's in trouble and then slams into the wall at 100 billion miles an hour and doesn't die. <laughs> There, there's a part where Willow's hanging from the feet of a troll off the bottom of a bridge, <laughs> and then the dragon comes up and eats him, but then they decide after the fact that it actually ate the troll, and somehow Willow, even though he was below him, wasn't the one that got eaten. That's yeah, just kind of a mess. <laughs> Stuff keeps happening, I can't quite track. Uh, one thing that is kind of working for me is that uh, Mardigan does a lot of sword stuff that's decently well stunted, and his, uh, his girlfriend, who I guess Val Kilmer married in real life. Yeah. After this? Apparently they did, yeah. Didn't quite get that chemistry out of him, but... <laughs> oh, that, oh. I assume it didn't last, maybe last... Oh no, they, they, they divorced like six years later. But she's, she's seeing him, uh kill all of her countrymen, she's like, oh, yeah, he's very good at that. <laughs> it's just a very strange scene. Yeah, and then, uh, she's, so, yeah, go ahead. No, she's kind of just watching him, and that's, oh, yeah, that's a, a good thing out of the scene, like, it, it it does the swashbuckling really well, but everything else is so strange, it just is very, uh... <laughs> I can't tell most of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I guess Skeletor got the baby, so... They leave. Oh yeah, he just books it. Yeah, he just goes. He's like, look, I, I got my... I got my running orders. He got what he needed, so he's leaving. Why should he stick around? But it's at some point right around here that she just straight up betrays all her guys. Hmm. 
like overtly, right? Like she just becomes on their side here, uh, doesn't she? Uh, let's is this see. where Sorsha just joins them and never really explains why or how? I thought I wrote this down, but I... No, I think it's a bit later, because... Uh, I can't remember. I thought I wrote it down, but I don't remember for sure. Because my next note says, let's fucking go. Because <laughs> I guess they're going to go assault the Queen's Castle. Uh, yeah, because I remember by the time... Uh, Willow's crying that the baby's gone and Mardigan sort of reassuring him like, can you ride? Let's just go. Uh, by that point, she's with them. <laughs> so at, at, at some point during this scene where she decides, like, ah, I'm betraying everything ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because cause she's, she's out there with the, uh, with Eric's army and Mad Morgan and Willow and the, the goat sorceress. Uh, and I guess... Queen sees her and she's like, I knew it. I was like, of course you do, because one of your advisors said she was going to betray you. Yeah, this is known. Mm -hmm. This has been known. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't recall when she actually did betray her, if she had any motivation that was given, or if it was just like, yeah, that guy's kind of handsome. I think, um, fuck my family. I think she was just kind of tired of her mom's shit. Seemed like, anyway. I don't know. I, I don't, Fair I honestly don't remember. It's just weird. Like, All I'm saying is it's just weird. Yeah, I mean, like I said, a lot of the scenes in this movie kind of blend together because a lot of it's very samey. Uh, so, I don't remember if she actually said why she was going to betray her mother and all that sort of stuff. Fair enough, but she she does at this point. Yep. For reasons mm -hmm. that totally track internally, if not necessarily externally. Yeah. So they get to the they get to the Queen's Castle. And 
queen is standing up there on the balcony, and she decides that uh, up to this point it didn't seem like she actually had any sort of, you know, powers besides the fact that she could sneer at people and scare them. Well, we did find that castle at home was frozen. Yeah, but it wasn't... I don't think it was ever explained that it might have been her that did that. Well, I thought it was, because I, I have a secret impression that was the first time I got that she was also scary wizard lady. Oh, maybe it was, and I just missed it completely. But the point is they ran away from this good guy castle... Eric shows up and helps, mm -hmm. and then we've got this totally disposable army you don't care about. <laughs> and then they all run to Bad Guy Castle, which has a very mortar look to it, mm -hmm. in like a second. It was a quick <laughs> cut, so again, this kingdom seems like about three miles across. Might be. And, uh, it's fair. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. I mean, that might have been why the why the queen only has, you know, if she only has a force of thirty people. You know, if the kingdom is three miles across, that's an that is an army for them. So, yeah, I'm not mad about it. It's just another. Okay, so we have this idea. Okay, so it's been done. Scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had to fill all that time earlier with scenes of the Nelwins, you know, traveling for like 10 minutes and having the five minute chariot scene and the five minute sled scene. So they have to cut out all the important shit, like getting to, to from place to place. Fair enough. So, uh, so Queen gets mad and she turns all the uh, all the soldiers into pigs. Cause she calls them. This scene was. Gross. I had a, a memory of this one too from when I was a kid. See, I don't remember this scene at all, but that's probably because I blocked it out of my, my memory. <laughs> it was a bit traumatic. Like, they, they, they start growing tusks and their faces start to turn into pigs, and it's, it's creepy. And then I believe, I think um, the sorceress actually has Willow cast a protection spell on himself. So he doesn't turn into a pig and... Oh yeah, she she's scared at this point. Yeah, and she knows what's about to happen. Yeah, so they they escape. It's, I mean, it's make it look. It's very Doctor Moreau kind of makeup, and it looks kind of agonizing in a really neat way. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, funny, but it's 
something you should mention that, considering Val Kilmer was in the island of Dr. Moreau, which I would actually like to watch at some was point. He? Yeah. He, oh. he was one of the main characters. That was like the movie that kind of ruined his career. I didn't know that. Uh, I know the main main character was that uh, that one English guy from Dragonheart and Harry Potter and uh, da, 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 uh, Wonder Woman and stuff. Uh, I don't know. We're talking about the same one, right? The Isle of Dark Moreau? Yeah. Yeah. With animal people, right? Yeah. Hmm. No, that was, that was Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando. I think it was. Okay, there it is. No, he's in it. Island of Dr. Murrow's Val Kilmer. And... Uh, yeah, David Thewlis. Okay, he's in it too, so... Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, it is more. I thought David Thewlis was the main character in the... No, it's... it's no, it's Val Kilmer, Marlon Brando, David Thewlis, Fires of Balk. Huh. Weird. Hmm. Ron Perlman's in this movie, too, in that movie, too. I only remember David Thewlis. <laughs> I have not seen this and I really want to because I've heard it's awful. It's not great. Mm. I don't know if I'd call it awful. Well, okay, it's kind of awful. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm just thinking that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, anyway, but it reminded me of that. It looks pretty agonizing. She casts mass polymorph, which means she's at least like an 18th level druid. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true. I didn't memorize the actual rules. <laughs> this is when first learned that she's a mummy. She apparently needs a whole ass ritual to kill a baby, but she can turn an entire army into pigs instantaneously. Yeah, I... That didn't seem clear to me. I wasn't sure if... Because she started the ritual at night. And then... I wasn't sure if, like, the ritual took all night. Or if she just decided to take a nap in between. Yeah, it takes her a day and a half to kill his baby. Yeah, I... It's, it's weird. 
And it also, then why were they doing it just with dogs and instantaneously and stuff in the beginning of the movie? It didn't seem like they were trying to do a fancy ritual before. I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> I need rules. I'm not sure this move has any rules at this point, or if it has them, they've been broken many times. Fair enough, but it's a it's it's a weakness of any movie that involves sorcery. I think if I can't keep track of what the made-up rules are, because it's okay to. You know, have magic and stuff and not have it follow real life rules, but you gotta then follow your own rules that you make up for the movie, or I'm, I'm lost. Yeah. I don't know what the stakes are, or who's ahead, or who's winning, or anything. Yeah. I feel like I've said this before, maybe I haven't. <laughs> so. But it's important. I get it. So, let's see. So I think Willow... Willow and the Sorceress have kind of hidden, and she keeps trying to tell him that he can do this, he can can be a sorcerer, he can turn her back into her human form. Keeps fucking it up. Uh, but he does turn into a giant tiger at one point, which I thought, can you just leave her as that? Yeah, that's also pretty, pretty freaking sweet. But uh, he eventually collapses because I guess it was too much. But uh, apparently he did the job because she's back in her human form. Yeah, once she's in her human form, she can like turn the pigs, she can unpig the army one person at a time. Mm-hmm. It's just like lining up and communicating <laughs> the tent. Also, is there gong have a swastika on it? Because it's very close. I, I didn't notice that. I, I mean, I remember the gong, but I didn't actually notice that. I might have to go back and look at the screenshot. Wow, this has been a full day. Um, she transforms from, uh, Go to an ostrich, peacock to troll, to a tiger, to a lady. <laughs> this is when we first, uh, I don't know if I already mentioned this, first realized the queen is a mummy because she takes her cloak off, she's all wrapped up in linen bandages, it's very weird. <laughs> then it's the next day, no, it's that night, and they're in a, in a camp. The entire army quits and unquits because they're like, it's too hard. And Will's like, but what if we did anyway? And they're like, you're right, yeah. <laughs> and it's that. 
sort of thing. Um, he has a plan involving gophers. And it's the next morning. Her, her wizard club is still fucking with this baby. Uh, like it... They're taking his hair and stuff. They're just basically doing everything that he can think of except killing this baby. <laughs> maybe they know too, but maybe they shouldn't just... Maybe they should just let the queen get killed at some point. <laughs> yeah, so we don't actually like our boss much. <laughs> Uh, she's very mean to everyone, including us. Mm-hmm. No PTO. Quit, <laughs> unquit. Suddenly, there's a lot of corpses in the castle. I didn't notice this before, but there's just pieces of dead fools everywhere in this lady's castle. <laughs> Like, it's got a smell. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> she doesn't have zombies or anything, so I don't know why she would keep all this stuff. But there's, there's mummies in cages, just bones everywhere and stuff. Maybe she's replacing her own body parts. That's maybe why she's all swathed up like that, right? That'd be more interesting. There's a lot of... I I don't need it. This movie's pretty long anyway. But a lot of skipped backstory this re-Mardigan and both of these wizard ladies and who anyone is that I could have used, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Because oh, some point around now that... No, sorry, it's not now. It's back in Snow Village where Eric says that Martigan's a thief. That's all we get about his background. Yeah, because he says you were a thief. And then Willow says some like, were you a thief? And then it's never expounded upon. Yeah, and how he, he, he's a good swordsman, but he's untrustworthy because he never serves anyone. He's like, well, now I serve the, the, the no one. Mm-hmm. So it's showing he's starting to believe in things, but we have no idea who he was before or why anyone would have this impression of him or anything. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get too far in the backstory, but I need why is any of this happening to a certain extent. Yeah. That would have been nice. I think I mean, so. for the for the characters who like the the cool characters that we enjoy, that would be nice. So. Like like the 
evil queen. I like her. Yeah. But what's she doing? Why is she doing Exactly. That? So they... The, the two of them, Willow and, and Good Witch Lady, mm-hmm. uh, walk up to the front of the, the castle the next day. They still haven't finished walking this baby. <laughs> um, bad guys come out to kill Willow and the old lady because they don't have arrows or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns out that at some point in the middle of the night, right in front of this giant wall where everyone was watching them, the good guy army dug a bunch of holes they were just sitting in. <laughs> Which I guess is the go for reference. Now they all come out of holes and storm the castle. <laughs> I do not know what these bad guys have been doing with their time. They're apparently not watching the wall <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we get the second and third Wilhelm screams. Was yeah. during this battle. I don't remember it's when just, happened, but they, they just happened at some point. No, I, ha- I have Wilhelm underlined here. <laughs> uh, and then just everyone fights everyone. Most of it's inconsequential, because what actually matters is going on upstairs in this, like, wizard tower. And then downstairs... Mardigan and all these characters down over very well are all fighting each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, and it's the climax of the movie. And it's not terrible, but it's also like, well, there's one scene that matters and one scene that doesn't. Sorsha and the old lady and Willow go up the stairs to fight the witch. Uh, Morgan stays in the courtyard. They go back and forth. Uh, the two witches go back and forth, burning and freezing, till connecting each other. Mm-hmm. Much better wizard fight than Lord of the Rings, actually, I think. <laughs> and I'm not... Not kidding about that one. <laughs> that embarrassing spinning each other on the floor thing was always a weak point of the movie, and this is much better done. <laughs> yeah. They accidentally bring a random brazier to life. The Willow has to fight in the background because Willow's pretty much useless. <laughs> and he eventually beats it with a pitchfork, which I don't know why a pitchfork is there. I guess because she sometimes needs to bail hay out of her <laughs> fucking 
30th story wind wizard tower this I mean, I can't think of any better explanation than that. Just a bunch more random bones here because that's just for decor. It's very strange. I don't understand this wizard town. <laughs> yeah, and at some point, uh, Eric gets killed by a Skeletor. Which is sad, obviously, because, you know, he... Yeah, and then they act like he and Morgan were friends, even though they kind of hate each other, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, then, of course, Matt Morgan's, you know, he's, he's got... He does the power walk up, and they start fighting. He starts fighting Skeletor. And he he puts on Eric's much less useful like sword glove thing, which he can't bend. Like that's a better weapon, even though it's objectively a worse one in every way. <laughs> and then I I kind of dig this fight scene though, because he winds up killing this giant dude. By stabbing him like four times. Mm -hmm. Uh, and just switching weapons each time. So, dude just has a collection of swords sticking <laughs> out of him. It's very, um, what was it, Boromir esque. Yeah. It was actually kind of cool. Yeah. But I guess that just shows how much of a badass he was. You know, they're, they're trying to get across. I mean, we could tell from the start that he was a badass. Uh, Kale. But I guess, you know, if you have to stab a guy with four different weapons to kill him, finally, that's... That shows that he, he definitely earned whatever title, Captain the Guard or whatever, that he had. Yeah, I mean, he means he was big, at least. Oh, yeah. But... I mean, I'm hard to stab to death, too. <laughs> That's not all there is to military leadership. <laughs> but he was the largest out of all of them, so I guess that also counts. True. Also, we have a sweet mask. I was born in the wrong century. Mm -hmm. There was a time when you'd just be the largest <laughs> if you were in charge. <laughs> I miss that. That was also when he did that. was also in present day with Invader Zim, but that's True. also a different species. That's yeah, wrong, wrong planet, wrong alien race or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of places that would be doing pretty well. Yeah. Zim World. 
Willow World. <laughs> That's bad. Oz, oh. presumably. <laughs> The, the bad witch lady kills the good witch lady by choking her out. Except she probably doesn't die, she just wins. <laughs> Willow grabs the baby, but it's too slow. Throws the ma oh, this is the second time he throws magic acorn, because during that chaotic-ass castle fight, uh, he dropped magic acorn on, like, a random board in a sort of bridge thing, mm -hmm. and it turned to some, didn't help anything. This one, he throws at the lady, and she catches it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it starts turning her to stone, but she counterspells it or something, yeah. so it doesn't work. Yep. Um, but it turns out it wasn't a fake magic acorn, it was, it was real this whole time, it just wasn't super useful. Mm -hmm. Well, it might have been super useful if they weren't using it against the most powerful wizard in the entire country. Sure, but... Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, maybe if he'd like... If he'd like... Hit her in the brain or something. If he'd knocked her in the forehead. Then it'd... If it'd turned her brain to stone first, maybe she wouldn't have been able to counterspell, but I don't know. Well, I think that's what separates a good sorcerer from bad ones. You always hit him in the brain. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just, it's just his name was off. Is good accuracy. His name was off. But it was kind of cool. Doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So, instead... <laughs> She's trying to send the baby to hell. Mm -hmm. Um, because she can't just kill it anymore. Mm -hmm. He's like, Well, I could send the baby someplace that's not hell. And you won't ever be able to find it and send it to hell. And she's like, You're bluffing. So then, in a different callback, because the acorn callback didn't work so well. Uh, he does the exact same magic trick from the beginning when he's just a magician and not a sorcerer and makes the baby disappear. Uh, and for some reason, this causes the queen to fucking die. <laughs> and I don't know what happened or why or how. I, I read, I had to read what happened, and apparently she freaked out, but I guess she, like, got near the, the ritual area, and she finished the ritual somehow, 
and then she was banished off to the realms of you know, the, the, ne the negative zone or whatever. I'm not entirely sure if that's accurate, but that's what I read happened. Yeah, I don't... I watched this scene twice and still couldn't pick up on it, because, like, she... She freaks out because she doesn't know where the baby went, and she's shocked that Will actually had some magic to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. And then God kills her because just lightning comes out of the sky and wipes her out. Yeah. Um, and she turns into this like, like, like drawn on gas. It gets sucked out the ceiling mm -hmm. fan. Yep. And that's how that conflict ended. <laughs> uh, the daughter wound up doing nothing. Well, she got the sh she got knocked out really early in the fight. Like she was she right, but she's like she's the one with personal conflict with the the queen lady yeah. didn't get to do anything. Yeah, true. And somehow Willow making her freak out is what killed her. I don't know. It was a weak ending, I thought. That's all. They, they go. Mads shows up at that exact moment <laughs> to kiss Sorsha because now theirs is a real and actual love. <laughs> because of I still missed the point where that happened. Cuts to a Star Wars-esque gift ceremony. Uh, where Willow is given a spell book by good witch lady who turns out didn't die. She just got choked to death and woke up mm -hmm. at the castle where all those people are frozen. So apparently when Bad Witch died, everyone got unfrozen, or they just took over this castle for themselves and left everyone frozen. I don't know which one. And I guess they decided to leave the baby with Matt Mardigan and Sorsha, because I guess they're now the royal couple? Yeah, and they've decided that Mad Morgan's actually pretty good with the kid, which, which is fair. Yeah. Like, that was some actual development. Oh, yeah. That he kind of had. We're like, oh, yeah. Enjoy giving the kid candy that the no fun mom, who's the. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seemed like. So I guess I guess they're going to be the the royal couple that was in the in the um, the prophecy, even though neither. Well, I guess 
guess Sorsha was a princess, so I guess that's close guess enough to royalty. Well, they did at least, they showed throughout the movie how Mad Morgan was doing pretty well with the kids. He's like, you know, actually playing with it and enjoying it and giving candy and stuff. So yeah. That's a bit of development. I'll give it that. Yeah. Still very silly, but <laughs> it's fine. Gives him a spell book so he can be an actual wizard because apparently all it takes is the right spell book. Mm -hmm. And then he goes back to his village where when last we left, everyone hated him. Mm -hmm. And now everyone loves him like he's a hero <laughs> or something. Well, I mean, he. And now he can throw apples up and turn them into dubs. I mean, he got rid of the baby. That was his whole goal. And I think the fact that he's a dad makes him a hero in their eyes. I guess. I guess. Yeah. It's weird. They have a very. They live a very sheltered life. He's gone from zero to hero because now he can turn apples into doves. Yep. Because on the way, he's probably been reading this book, which was <laughs> uh, Billy Barty's only secret this whole time. <laughs> was that he had apparently read a book like this, or this exact <laughs> book. Yeah. And then the bird poops, songs cuddle butt, and that's the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it gets in his mouth, just like the kid puking on mm -hmm. earlier. It's very funny. Yeah. We get a very hillbilly-esque ending theme. And then... Do it? Yeah. There's like this weird... It's like a banjo and a mandolin, like a gut bucket. It's like, it's very hillbilly. And then it goes, transitions back into the main theme. But yeah, it's... uh very uh, deep south south bluegrassy not even bluegrassy more like like uh, deliverance style <laughs> was that just banjos to you or is that no, I mean, it's a specific kind of... No, it's like a specific kind of, like... There's definitely a difference between bluegrass and this, which is sort of the g-yuck sort of music. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh, you were always the music guy. I'll take your word for it. I can't tell it apart, but bluegrass is always 
sounded good-naturedly cute to me, which whatever that means. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, so that's Willow. I was confused for most of it. I liked parts of it. Overall, I didn't get it. <laughs> What'd you think, Sam? Uh, I fucking loved it. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, no, um... Like, about... Ten minutes in, I was like, I'm so glad the patrons voted for this movie. And, <laughs> like, I didn't... Even though I was, I was taking notes, I only saw the movie the one time. So, like, I don't... Maybe if I had watched it twice, I might have not enjoyed it as much. But just, you know... Putting aside all the bullshit, obviously, which there's a lot of bullshit in this movie, uh, <laughs> I fucking loved it. So, you know, uh, I don't know. Just, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the fact that I, I, I just enjoyed like the different. Uh, sort of clash of characters between Willow and Matt Mardigan and yes, Willow is completely useless throughout pretty much the entire movie. <laughs> but um Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed pretty much all of the characters except for the brownies who I think just kind of disappeared after a while. Thankfully. Yeah, it sort of stopped being, uh, at least we stopped checking in on them. I guess they found their way all the way to the end by riding with the good guy army or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, and they were, they were, there were two baby pigs when everyone got turned to pigs. I think that was supposed to be that. Oh, I didn't even notice that, but okay. I really like the, um, the good sorceress. I think, I mean, she's, she's definitely like a character actor, but she was by far the best, like, character in this entire movie. Um, not gonna lie, when she finally got turned back into a human, I got a little misty-eyed just because she, like, you know, there's that scene where it shows her hand and then it, like, pans up to her face and she's, like, looking at her hands. It's like, oh, it's like she looked so genuinely happy that she was finally human again. It's like that was that was a cool moment for me. Yeah. Well, and also I like that that sort of disappointment of like 
geez, how long was I in there? Because she's a young woman, she thinks. Yeah. Sorry, man, that was your whole life. Yeah. Could have been like 40 years or something that she was like that, so. So, I, I like that. And, you know, a lot of the. I was again. A lot of the characters are really enjoyed. Uh, James Horner's music is fucking awesome, as always. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think just having. Let me, let me try that again. Um, just... <laughs> I think making... Uh, actually having Warwick Davis be the quote-unquote lead of this movie and not... I mean, yes, there's a lot of, like, humans that, that make fun of him for being small but just the fact that for the most part they don't like bring it up like it's just he's just a character uh I like that part that's like they don't make a big deal of look at this little person we hired to be the main character of our story it's like yeah he's just a guy He's just an actor playing character. So, I like that part of it. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, I was, I was entertained by it. I thought it was paced pretty well. Uh, I didn't like as much as you did, but <laughs> I'm willing to, to defer to your impression of it because it sounds like you really enjoyed it, and I kind of enjoyed it. So I could be horribly wrong. I'm going to say no. I don't know. No, there, I mean, there's no, there's no wrong. Like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a fairy tale movie. Yeah. I, I did, I feel like you couldn't make this movie now because everything has to be grim, realistic. Oh, God. You're going there's high fantasy, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it seems like it was more hopeful and more overly evil bad guys and more generally wholesome good guys than you would get allowed with or you get away with now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I liked that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very pretty. I liked all the backgrounds and stuff, and I liked the music. And also, my, I liked the characters even in sort of the squash book, and my only complaint is that I often didn't know why I was doing anything they were doing. 
but it's also a kids movie, so that's fine. Yeah. I mean the um, like a, I think and it, uh, the pacing was pretty good for a two-hour movie. Also, yeah, like it was longer than I usually like, and that was fine. Yeah, I, like I think I mentioned before, my biggest complaint, my biggest complaint with the movie was just that the, you know there are a lot of scenes that just sort of kind of blend together. So, there were several times it was like, when I'm trying to go back after having watched the movie and try to remember, okay, what happened after this? I have no idea what happened after this. Because a lot of the scenes were just sort of forgetful. Because they get captured and the baby gets captured and then they they free themselves like four times during this movie. Like, that's too much. Yeah. Well, and the... the reset of the status quo got on my nerves a little bit. Mm-hmm. How the sort of keep joining with people and then leaving people behind and joining with new people but the same people again. Like the brownies they left behind four or five times, mm-hmm. but they just never didn't catch up. Which I'm not saying it would have been a better movie necessarily without the brownies. I think it would have been, that's a separate point. <laughs> but, uh, but just like the, the resetting of every Mm-hmm. 10-15 minutes got my nerves a little yeah. bit but not much it was mostly fine yeah so. it's also the stakes are low enough that like I don't care that much if <laughs> they take you captive and it gets away right away and then they lose some guys and they catch up right away and then Mardigan leaves when he comes back right away. It's like, that's actually fun. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend watching this movie. Like, I don't even have any nostalgia for it. Like, I remember... I remember those two scenes from the movie. The sled scene and the, the, the horse chase scene. But that's all I remembered of the movie. And... So there wasn't really, like, a lot of nostalgia for it. Like, there was for, like, Batman Forever... Don't judge me, but but yeah, no, it was it was really enjoyable. It was relatively, like you said, low stakes and fairly breezy. Like it wasn't, it didn't get bogged down a lot in just sort of. I guess maybe that was sort of the thing, was 
it, they could have had some of the backstory for like Mad Morgan and the Queen and the Good Witch, but they didn't, and that's not necessarily a bad thing in a kids movie. Like, I would have liked to see like a maybe a prequel movie for Mad Mardigan. That would be cool, but they didn't necessarily need to be in this movie. So, I don't know, maybe they, yeah, well apparently they're making a TV series out of this. Really? I've heard. It's one of those rumored things where I don't know how long it's going to take, and with things going on right now, I don't know if it gets cancelled or pushed back or whatnot. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, apparently they're doing a, uh, a Willow television series. Hmm. They announced it like Sundance in 2019 or something. Wow. That would be interesting to see. I know that they made a they made a couple video games based on the movie too, which uh, I've heard good things about. There was a game for the, the NES, like sort of a. a Legend of Zelda kind of game, and I've heard good things about it, so I may have to seek it out, try and play it. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that was Willow. Thank you guys for, for weighing in on that. I'm glad to have re-seen it. It's been a long time. Yeah. And I did not remember it, you know, as well as I thought I <laughs> Yeah, same. Thank you to all the patrons who voted for that. It was, uh... I, I hadn't seen any of the other movies. I'm sure I would have enjoyed them. But I'm glad that, uh, you ended up with Willow, which ended up being much better than I expected it to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm still gonna make you watch uh, Conan the Barbarian at some point, but it'll be for not the podcast. <laughs> just, <laughs> just on principle. <laughs> just me wanting to show you weird Indies movies <laughs> as like a, a life path. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be fair, there there are a lot of, like, Schwarzenegger movies that I want to see, that I've never seen. But I don't know. I can't think of a bunch of them, but... A lot of his films I just want to watch, because... I, for some strange reason, I enjoy... His oeuvre, I guess. Huh. Well, maybe... So you've already seen some of them. It's 
Sal here as Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Newcomer. I mean, like, I've seen, I've, I've seen the first Terminator, I've seen Predator. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw some of his comedies, Jingle All the Way. We should watch Jingle All the Way at some point. Maybe as, like, a Christmas movie. <laughs> Uh, but a bunch of them I haven't seen that I really would like to. Like, I haven't... Don't... Don't hate me. I haven't seen Terminator 2. Uh, I'd like to. Oh, I put that one. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll... Maybe that can be the next polls. Schwarzenegger movies. Cheap out, Ned. Uh, going the barbarian to one more time, but then I'll feel bad about putting on second times. So you can do that, and like, um, oh, what's the other one I was trying to think of? But it won't win against Terminator 2. No, of course not. Um, the last action hero. I'd like to see that just because oh. I've never seen it and I've heard very differing opinions on the movie. Total Recall? You I have one? not seen Total Recall. That's another one. So. Well, they're very different than Willow. Also, uh, I don't know if I told you when I was trying internet dating, which is terrifying for <laughs> a little while, a couple months ago. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I, I met a I met a girl. I was talking to a girl who was very interested in pig transformation. As like kind of obsession slash fetish, and cited this movie and the scene from it. Uh, I didn't go to dinner with that one, hmm. but that's a, that's apparently a thing that at least one person, probably several more, got a weird thing out of. No. So now you know that, and I've got to put that in your head before <laughs> we leave this movie. <laughs> Thanks. I, I, I appreciate it. She also cited Spirited Away, in which it also happens, and a Greek myth. So apparently pig transformation is like a big thing human consciousness. I'm trying to remember to do with that what you will. I'm trying to remember the Greek myth with it, but I don't remember it because uh, I used to have a pretty... I think it's part of the Odyssey. Oh, okay. Like, one of the islands has, like, a witch on it that turns the crew into swine that they're gonna feast on or something and then 
Odysseus has to get them out, or he doesn't. I don't remember how many of his crushes five them is. Hmm. All I'm thinking about as soon as you mention that is we should really watch Jason and the Argonauts for this. Yeah, we should. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Although, I feel like we need to have something to make fun of. That's a perfect movie. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, I don't know what well, I mean, to do with that. I mean, we don't necessarily have to always make fun of movies. I mean, you know, we enjoyed the shit out of Mean Girls. That's true. So, I don't know. Just. Alright, let's put Chase and the Argonauts on this. Alright, yes. Um, I think next episode of Cots can be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with me and Anthony. Nice. He had some free time. <laughs> so, if you guys at home uh, wanna think of another movie to watch sometime next month we're gonna be doing one that pretty soon <laughs> and we probably we might have to do our annual Batman episode too at some point well he still wants you to see uh oh that's <laughs> another movie where um a, a, a baby was born away in a basket. Uh, Dan DeVito's Penguin in Batman Returns. Uh-huh. And they still waiting on you to watch that one. <laughs> so. Hey, you know what? I promised him one Batman movie a year, so I'm gonna do that. <laughs> it's been a year. <laughs> It's June is when it comes up. (laughs) Alright. One of these days I'll get around to it. Well, I'll believe that when I see it. (laughs) Well, I mean... I mean, if, are we going to do a three-person one of that, or are we just going to, is it just going to be an Anthony doing Batman from now on? I think, I think Batman is you and Anthony's <laughs> bag. I don't know if that, that turned out a pretty good episode, I thought. Uh, plus, I'm going to be, um, Looking for a, a summer internship somewhere in a couple months here, so I might be away from ample recording equipment for a little while. So if you want to do another one in my absence, uh, just coming three or four months from now would be a great time to do that, because I'm hopefully going to be in Washington, but who knows where. Okay. Well, in that case, I will put that down on my calendar as something to do in three months. This watch Batman Returns. (laughs) Can 
I make it's not a super demanding schedule. <laughs> can I make one other suggestion for a movie we can do in the future? Because I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, we haven't done any movies with Nick Cage, have we? I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. Because I would like to suggest that we, at some point in the future, do Con Air. Con Air is the one? Yes. Interesting. Have you seen that? Yeah, but it's been a while. Okay. Um, same for me. I saw it around the same time I saw Face Off. Cage Decade. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, I, I remember watching it and thinking it's batshit insane and I loved it. I want to see that again. <laughs> oh yeah, add to the list. Okay. Uh, write it down though, it's all forget. Oh, I, I should probably be doing that. I haven't been writing any of these down. <laughs> oh, fair enough. But yeah, I'm, I'm adding to the list. Nice. Alright, guys. Well, um, everyone, take care of yourselves. Please do. Uh, focus on what you need to focus on, and remember that capitalism is a construct. <laughs> so, you know, if it collapses, it was an experiment that wasn't going that well for the world anyway. <laughs> so no worries. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Um, stay safe in the meanwhile. Uh, world needs more of the kind of people who like our show. <laughs> so that's the <laughs> So you guys gotta take care of yourselves. <laughs> Until next time. Stay safe. Don't touch anyone. Please. Uh, I've, I've been Ben. I am Sam. And this has been Matt Nimantes. And I love you.
brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash matineemanities. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. You can listen to Matinee Manatees on iTunes, the Stitcher app, and YouTube. Our music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find this track and much more on his website, incompetech.com. <laughs>